Welcome to Texas Style Coworking. The ranch office is a neighborhood community office that delivers a warm atmosphere with a heavy dose of Southern hospitality. Located in Memorial, Katy, and Baytown, we offer private offices, conference rooms, event space, and much more. Come change things up and check us out. Remember, life is better at the ranch. I think fight for what you want. And looking back at my career, every time I got ahead and what I wanted is I looked ahead and I said, what do I want to be in two years? Where do I see my career going? And I looked for pathways to get there Mm -hmm. instead of feeling like I was stuck in where I was. If there was someone that was blocking me or if there was a roadblock in where I was working, I found a way around it and I never let anything slow me down. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation, and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome back to another episode of Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast. If you're interested in getting your hands on some OGGN swag, well, you're in the right place. We have a merch store now. Matter of fact, if you order an Industry Leaders t-shirt, send me a picture. I already know there's two of you out there. I've looked through the orders. I'm actually the only podcaster to sell a t-shirt, so here we go. While you're doing that, sign up for our Sunday update. There's some behind-the-scene moments with the OGGN team and exclusive perks you want to check out. So that shows up in your inbox every Sunday. Well, anyway, let's get into it. Let me introduce this week's guest. I'm sitting here today with Kate Stevenson, Chief Executive Officer and Founding Partner at Novus Consulting. Welcome to the show, Kate. Let's talk about how you got started in the oil and gas industry. Sure. Hi, Paige. Thanks for letting me on today. I grew up in Oklahoma and from an oil and gas family. So I'm the third generation. Awesome. I'm fourth. My grandfather was a pumper. So he would go and operate wells. And my father was an oil and gas attorney here in Oklahoma City. And then I went to uh, school in San Antonio, kind of wanting to follow in his footsteps, going to law school, etc. And I ended up just really loving the business side of things and decided to go into consulting. So I moved to Houston the energy capital of the world, if you will, yes. <laughs> and started working for a consulting firm called Accenture. And that's how I really got into the energy space. So I worked there for about five years, close to five years, working at really large firms for large companies and worked really hard. I mean, consulting when you first come out of college It's absolutely insane. It's 80-hour work weeks. It's the culture that you grow up in. So it kind of built that consulting mindset at a really early age for me. And what I was missing out of my life was that work-life balance. I moved back home and started working for Chesapeake and really became ingrained with the Chesapeake culture, really got a fast track of the upstream industry, whereas before I was more on the utility side really fell in love with it and realized, gosh, I just want to be in this industry forever. 
but I also missed consulting because I love consulting. I loved working for Chesapeake and I love being in industry and learning about the industry, but I also loved being able to change who I worked for and being able to work on a lot of different projects and the challenges of solving problems across multiple clients. I got out of industry and went back to working for boutique consulting Mm-hmm. And have just been in and out of different little boutique consulting firms for the last 15 years and really started Novus three years ago with two of my partners, Chevy Thomason and Robert Lovelace. And we decided we wanted to do consulting differently. We each have families. We love consulting, but we know it's a challenging business to be in. It's a lot of long hours. It's a lot of hard work, but we wanted to do it differently and focus around the industry that we love. And also be able to provide for and be there for our families while also helping change our clients' challenges and helping them turn around their challenges. And it's been a lot of fun. Over three years, we've grown from the three of us. We brought on a new partner, Kevin Decker. We now have 35 consultants that work with us and over across 13 clients. And it's been a pretty fun and amazing story of the culture that we've built because we're focusing really on the team. And a lot of consulting firms, they'll they'll really focus on, hey, revenue, revenue, revenue. We need to bring in more revenue. We need to get more accounts. What we've done is we've really focused on our team and bringing in really fun and challenging projects. And we've just organically grown from there. And it's been just a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. Let's back up a little bit and kind of go into, you said you're third generation oil and gas. I'm fourth generation oil and gas. And I'm obviously a woman versus my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfather. What are some challenges you've had to go through as a woman in the industry? That's a really good question because when I grew up and going into college and going into Accenture, I never really saw a difference. I always just, just like, this is who I am. I'm driven. I'm a very driven person. I never felt like I was different in my teams or in my family. I never felt like I wasn't given the same opportunities as others until, sadly, it was when I came and started trying to get leadership positions in the industry in Oklahoma City. And I'm not saying all companies are like this, and it could have just been an issue that I ran into, but I did find that sometimes, even though I had the best resume, I was giving better performance reviews. There were times I was passed over for supervisor management positions and male counterparts were given the job. And that was challenging and frustrating to me. What I did is I kept pivoting around that and I kept moving in a different direction and trying to have to make it myself. I couldn't depend on someone to give me those opportunities on their own just because I did a good job. I had to make those opportunities for myself. It was a challenge back then. I think things have actually gotten better in Oklahoma City for sure and in the industry in its whole. But when I was going through it and I was at that age, late 20s, early 30s, trying to make a name for myself and trying to get into management positions, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I worked around it and I just didn't stop. I wouldn't stop. And I kept making opportunities for myself. And a lot of it too was one of the reasons why I came over and started Novus was I wasn't giving the positions that I wanted. And so I just made it for myself. Very, very great. That's fantastic. And then like you said, things have evolved within the industry Mm -hmm. to where women in leadership are becoming a lot more prevalent. That's always exciting. One organization that I think has 
I was on the founding board for Women's Energy Network. Oh, awesome. When? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, gosh, those first two years that I was on the board, it was so exciting just seeing not only the women that came together to try to put this organization in place in Oklahoma and build this chapter, but it was also seeing the men that we brought with us, the men that we brought with those events that heard us speak, that heard our voices here in Oklahoma. It was actually pretty amazing. I think that really turned the tide, if you will, in our little community and that it was more prevalent, more visible out in the industry than it ever had been before. Yeah. It's amazing when you have men also supporting the cause and backing you up because it's all about just everything's equal. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's amazing. Let's talk about your current role and exactly what Novus does. What kind of problems do y'all solve? Sure. So we've really focused on the heart of the industry, operations and production. So Mm -hmm. we know that those areas have really been neglected, if you will, from a technology perspective over the last 15 years. We wanted to focus on that because that's the fun part. People have done accounting and ERP implementations left and right. We really focused on where's the gap in the market and where is the area that people need the most help and where is there less competition. We're relatively new. We don't want to go up against the big consulting players. We wanted to fit into a niche where we were really good at something and it was a lot of fun and a lot of great projects for our team members. So we really focused in on that and we're focusing on technology and data around operations and production. That includes going out into the field and implementing field tools, field production software. It goes into building data analytics and integrations between systems. We've had a lot of interesting projects actually in the midstream space where we've worked on moving multiple plants and pipeline onto a single work management platform. We've done a lot of amazing things that wow, I've never had such an effective team. And I think a lot of that goes back to we're doing fun things. We're not doing things that are boring to our consultants. (laughs) We're actually in the heart of the industry and we're out there and we're talking to people that are in the field where our consultants are getting to interact with leadership and executive as well as lease operators and INE techs. Because of that, our team is doing such a great job. We're just able to organically grow without any investment or any kind of product or anything like that. Right. And to those that are listening that aren't actually in the industry and are really listening for leadership stuff, the reason that these types of services are incredibly important is because humans can make errors. And when you have software that you can implement, that kind of eliminates that. Exactly. It just provides a lot more. When you put technology out in the field where there was no technology before, all of a sudden, you can be way more efficient and get your costs down. Yeah. As an example, one of our clients had three gas plants and four different pipeline assets that we were moving on to a single platform. And before that, they were all really segregated off into their own little asset. They didn't talk to each other. The plants didn't talk to each other. The pipeline operators didn't talk to each other. And there was no shared process or systems. Once we got them onto their all-platform, the midstream leader was able to all of a sudden share resources across all of their assets. We were able to decrease the cost of bringing on new people. And we were able to start looking at efficiencies around material transfers and sharing of resources and sharing of equipment. So it really brought his costs down across 
all of the midstream assets. And we were able to start leveraging and sharing those resources across the entire state versus just each plant being segregated. Awesome. That's great. So are y'all onshore or offshore or both or? We just do onshore. Yeah. We have not done any offshore yet. Okay. Yeah. That gets a little extra complicated. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into leadership, Kate. What is leadership to you? Leadership is building, to me in my position, we are building a culture and a team where everyone feels like they're part of something bigger. And I'm trying to put in a team where what I call teaming. And I actually got the concept from a book, my favorite book, you asked me kind of that earlier, what's my favorite book, and it's teaming by Amy Edmondson. And the concept is, is that if you build effective teams, and you build a culture around it with that psychological safety, then they become more efficient and more effective. And you just kind of grow from there. Mm -hmm. To me, leadership is building that teaming culture. And it's building a place where people can come in and have that psychological safety. They can come in and be very effective for not only our company, but for our clients. And because of that, our company is growing. We're getting growth that way. Instead of trying to focus so much on, hey, we just got to go build sales and build our pipe and all those things. We took a different turn and we said, leadership is about our people. Leadership is about making sure we hire the best, that we integrate them into a culture that promotes teamwork and teaming. We build the skills of each of those individuals. We listen to what they have to say and what their innovative ideas are, and our company will grow from there. It's happened. In three years, we have 13 clients and 35 people. I've never worked for a company that has grown that fast in a niche consulting group. Well, yeah, especially you started the company during a pandemic. Yeah. It took me a second. I was like, three years ago. Wait, hang on. It's 2023. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We height of the pandemic. Timing is everything, right? And actually, oh, it's it? <laughs> it actually good because we started in consulting. It takes three months from the time that you talk to a person to the time that you get a contract signed, assuming your client wants to go to it. So it's a three-month lead time. But then before that, it takes two to three months to even get a meeting. So it's a good six months from the time that you start a firm to when you can kind of start working and making money. When we started in the fall of 2020, by the time that six months, that five to six months came around of averages, we started getting our two or three clients coming in. And it was during when people were going back to the office. People were looking to spend money again, and they were looking to take on projects that they couldn't do while they were stuck at home or isolating. It was actually perfect timing. That's so wild. That's so wild to me. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have an example, Kate, of a difficult experience you've had as a leader? I mean, we all do, but Mm -hmm. what's yours? I do struggle sometimes with challenging conversations. And that's just because of my personality. I like to be around positivity and I like to instill positivity into a company culture. But we have to have those hard conversations. We have to have those challenging conversations, especially when 
an employee is not or is underperforming. Yeah. Those are the hardest ones to have, especially when you're building a culture of trusted relationships across the board and you build that trust and you build those relationships with people, it's hard. It's hard bringing them to the table and telling them that, hey, it's not working out. It's hard to, as a leader, especially since you want to make people successful and you also feel, man, did I do something wrong? Did I not lead them to success? But there are times when you just have to have those hard conversations. That's always been the hardest thing for me is- Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, having to let people- go because their performance just isn't working out. Because my personality type is I try to do everything that I can to make them successful before that point happens. And there's been several situations where it just wasn't the best fit. Yeah. I totally understand that. Trust me, this is coming from someone that's fired their own child. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I feel it harder to fire other people than my own kid. Oh, yeah. I guess it's the mom part of me that goes, hmm, okay, that's going to happen. But like, you don't understand the full extent of what another person's going through. You only know what's going on at work until it's your kid. And then it's like, okay. (laughs) Well, we take the same approach to our team that we do with our clients. And that's building that trusted advisor relationship, if you will. And in order to do that, you build a personal relationship with people. So it's a lot harder to let people go when you have that personal relationship. Speaking of COVID, when probably the hardest thing that I had to go through in my career was I was working for another firm and COVID hit and the energy market went down. The oh, pricing yeah. Negative negative 35. Remember the pricing? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It gives me heartburn just thinking about it. <laughs> you know, in a services company, we were dependent on oil and gas being profitable. We had to let go a large portion of our workforce. And for someone that has a hard time letting anybody go, when you're not only letting go poor performance, you're also letting go people that are really good at their jobs. Yeah. That was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. Oh, yeah. I got laid off in the last downturn, but I made it through like three rounds. I was next to the meeting room and I got to see a bunch of that. And just watching from afar, not even being in the room, like, oh, it broke my heart. Well, and when COVID hit, we were all isolating. So we had to do it all over video. Oh, no. You couldn't even have that personal sit down and empathize with them and hold their hand. You know, we just couldn't do any of that. Oh, my gosh. On video. How impersonal is that? But there was no other choice. There was no other choice. It's the only thing we could do. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't even fathom. Couldn't even fathom. All right. So let's turn this around. I know now that we're depressed. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most rewarding thing about leadership, Kate? Oh, man. Seeing people go above and beyond even your expectations. I joke. I have really high expectations because I've always worked really, really hard. And I think as women, we do. I was on a panel a couple months ago talking just about this topic is... As women, we always have to feel like we work harder and we always have to be the top performer. And I think that leads us sometimes to have higher expectations of others. Mm -hmm. But the most rewarding thing is when you see someone that has been under your wing for six or seven months learning and all of a sudden you let them go and they go above and beyond 
your expectations. And that's what keeps me going is seeing the growth of our team and seeing all these amazing consultants go out and spread their wings. It took a little while, right? I mean, we recruited a lot of people in from industry that had never done consulting before. Luckily, we didn't have to train them about what is a well right? (laughs) or what is an asset, what is a gas plant. But what we did have to train them on is how do you kind of switch your thinking to being more innovative and how do you switch your thinking to be like a consultant and advise and look at different ways to help solve problems. And it's definitely something that everyone that has started off their careers in industry and now go into consulting, they have to switch their brains into that thinking. And now I'm looking at these amazing team members that have been with us for the last year and a half, two years when we started hiring, and they're going off and they're innovating and they're coming to us. Instead of us going to them with ideas, they're coming to us with ideas. That's and awesome. They're driving. They're in their driver's seat. And sometimes I'm like, am I working for you now? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. And it, right. it's very, very satisfying seeing someone come into your office with an amazing idea and me being able to say, well, then go do it. It's the right thing to do. It's creative. And it leads with honesty. And let's go out and let's go do it. And let's have fun doing it. And that's very rewarding compared to where we started three years ago when it was just Chevy, Robert, and I just trying to get to get our first contract. <laughs> so are you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Good, good. <laughs> we might have to talk after this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have too many podcasts. <laughs> I was about to say, you're busy. I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> you just sound like you're having a lot more fun than I am. I don't know. We have our stressful moments as every company does, but we are having a ton of fun. Good. A lot of fun. So if you had a piece of advice to give our audience, what would that be? Ah, that's hard. That is really hard. There's a lot of nuggets, but from a leadership perspective, I think fight for what you want. And looking back at my career, every time I got ahead and what I wanted is I looked ahead and I said, what do I want to be in two years? Where do I see my career going? And I looked for pathways to get there Mm -hmm. instead of feeling like I was stuck in where I was. If there was someone that was blocking me or if there was a roadblock in where I was working, I found a way around it and I never let anything slow me down. And that's how we started Nobis, right? Is I felt like I was getting to a point where I couldn't go any further and that there was no one helping me get to that next level. I just made my own level. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do this fancy. on my own. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah I love I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it and the way that I think is great. And so we started the company and we built our guiding principles and our culture statements based off everything that I've learned and everything that we've been wanting to do. And it's something that I would give anyone looking for leadership roles is find ways, figure out where you want to go and look at the pathway to get there and find a way to make it happen. Because there's always a way to get around a roadblock. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely right. I'm going to ask you the book question anyway. Okay. I already know the answer. But what book influenced you the most? <laughs> so I was watching a TED Talk, gosh, five years ago. 
And it was Amy Edmondson, and she was talking about teaming. And she pulled up pictures of a basketball team. I was talking about the effectiveness of, hey, here's why basketball teams are so effective. And I got a book, and it's called Teaming. And I read it, and then I started passing it off to my team. And now it's a book that we give everyone when they onboard. Oh, nice. Yeah. What it talks about is, first off, I just love the title. I love saying teaming because that's what we do. In consulting, it's so incredibly important that we have to ramp up teams really quickly and solve really big, complex problems. And people aren't hiring us to write a report. They're hiring us to solve a data problem that they have in their organization. So we're not solving little problems. We're solving big problems. And sometimes we solve little problems to get to the big problem. But for the most part, we're not coming in and doing something that's easy to do. The other thing is clients are paying us to to bring the best A players to the game. Right. And we've hired the A players for sure. But as any leader can attest to, getting your team to work effectively together takes time. Yeah. <laughs> especially if you just piecemeal like three or four people together and that never met before, good luck trying to get them to be effective in the first week or two, right? It takes yeah. time. And some people even argue it takes up to three months before you get the full value out of your team. What she does is she kind of lays out how do you ramp up teams really quickly and get the most out of them and make them effective to go solve big problems really quickly. That's what we have to do in consulting is we have to ramp up teams to work together for the next six months, solving these big problems. Sometimes they've worked together before, sometimes they haven't. And we have to build a culture and a methodology in order for them on day one to know what their roles and responsibilities are to build that trust together as a team and build that psychological safety that I talked about earlier, where they can come to the table and have innovative ideas to solve problems and not feel like they're stifled. It's a challenge. And what we try to do here at Novus is everyone gets the book. And then we really work with our project leaders to build that culture and put some methods in place to where when they ramp up teams to start new projects, that they're building and they can trust their team to get their stuff done. Awesome. You should also recommend some podcasts. Oh. (laughs) I know a couple, so. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your most used business tool? My laptop, honestly, I don't go anywhere without it. I definitely use my phone quite a bit, but I carry my laptop around with me wherever I go. Very good. Very good. Who would you say is your most respected competitor? My most respected competitor. There are a lot of boutique firms in Mm -hmm. oil and gas. There's EAG, there's Stonebridge. We obviously respect them because they have their niche markets that they're in. But Elizabeth Gerbel on EAG, for sure. She's a female too. Oh, she's been on. She's wonderful. Yeah. I used to work for her. And I kind of worked for her, gosh, about 15 years ago, I think. I can't even remember what year it is today. (laughs) But It's fair. What she did for me was something that, and the only reason I stopped working for her is because I didn't want to travel anymore. I wanted to be in Oklahoma City when I started having kids. But she looked at me one day when I first started her company, and she said, 
Kate, why aren't you in a higher position? Because you're much better than this. And I realized because I kept getting lateral moves. I wasn't getting upward moves. A light bulb went off. I was still really young, but a light bulb went off in my head. You know what? I do need to be moving up, not laterally. And she really helped me with that. And it's really amazing to see what she's been able to do in the market and how she's grown her company. And then there's some amazing individuals over at Stonebridge as well. Amy Moore, Adria Sprigler, amazing women that have really kind of taken over management of that company and really tried to kind of meet the needs of the market as well. It's a small industry with a lot of like-minded people just trying to make our industry better. And I think a lot of it just goes back to, can we find that area that the business is needing to solve those problems? And how can we all work together? And honestly, we do work together on accounts at times. And we have to learn how to work together, even though we might be competitors. And so far, we've been successful. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. Women unite right on. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So what would you say is your most important lesson learned through your career? Uh, Gosh, you're throwing me some hard (laughs) ones today, Paige. When I started off really young in my career, I thought the only thing that I needed to be was an executive. That's my goal. That's what I'm driving to. I had this image in my head of flying all over the world. And in reality, the biggest accomplishment I've had in my life is my family. And I know a lot of people say that, but I probably could have gone off and done those things. I could be flying all over the world. But I also chose that family life is important too. And having my kids is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. But I also am able to balance it out. That's so important. Balance, work, home life balance is so important. It is. And, you know, sometimes I miss basketball practice. Sometimes I can't make a game. But 95% of the time I can. And same thing at work. Sometimes maybe I skip out on a meeting because I need to make basketball practice because I didn't make it last week. But it's just trying to find that balance. So when you start off young and you think you're real, if you're like me and real career driven, the biggest lesson for me was once I started getting a family, I was realizing, you know, that's really not that important. What's important is having people that surround you that you love and you admire, not only from a family perspective, but also in work. It's really important that you work closely with people that you trust and that you want to be around because you know what? You're spending all this time with work people just as much as you're spending with family people, with your family. It's just a different family. (laughs) It is. But that was a big lesson for me was you think you want to be one thing and then life gets in the way and life throws things at you and you realize, wow, that really isn't as important as I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand that. So how is your role important to the future of the industry? I think that we are moving in a direction. Everyone's talking about generative AI and data and all these things. And firms like ourselves are the ones that help go and execute it for our clients. And I really think that over the next 10 years, our industry is going to really make a jump into more of the digital age. And they're going to be focusing not just on accounting, they're going to be focusing on What is happening in the field? Yeah, because we're a little behind, aren't we? We're very behind. (laughs) We're very behind. And, you know, Paige, it's so funny because everyone's like, oh, I want to use AI. 
well, okay, you probably are using it in some form already with some of the products that you have, but this generative AI, no one really knows how to use it yet. Yeah. But also your data has to be right and your systems have to be right. Your infrastructure has to be right. So there's going to be a roadmap for the industry. And I think we're going to be the ones to help guide our clients on where to go based on what they have. And we're going to be the ones that are really helping put those solutions in place to really change how the industry looks at their data and how they look at their assets and start utilizing technology more to be and modernize the field so that we can do things like an autonomous well. I mean, how cool would that be? And we're getting there. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And what we're building here at Novus is really hoping to change and partner with clients to get them there. I don't think a lot of people realize that we're behind times because in this industry, if it's not broke, don't fix it because something goes wrong, someone can die. Exactly. Yep. I think we're a little behind and a lot behind, but it takes us a while to adapt because of those conditions. And I think there used to be a perception and why a lot of projects were just focused around accounting. There used to be a perception that operations, that the field personnel just didn't know how to use technology. So we're just not even going to focus on. Yeah. That is changing. Younger people are out in the field. Everyone uses a cell phone now. If you know how to use a cell phone, you can use the technology that we're implementing. There's no longer that blocker in place of, oh, well, field personnel can't do it. We completely disagree. There are so many amazing people that work in the field and they have ideas and they know what they need and they want to use technology. And that's definitely a shift from where it was 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. I mean, 10 years ago, my background's regulatory compliance and I'm dealing with daily reports from Excel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And with all the new regulatory concerns, there's a lot more focus on the field and what's happening in the field Mm -hmm. and tracking it because there's way more reporting requirements now than there ever has been. So people, our eyes are wide open when they now say, well, why can't I get that report? Why can't I generate that data or that dashboard? Well, because you don't, right now everything's in email or Excel. We got to put technology in place just to modernize and get to the point where we can even report off of it. And then you can start doing the fun things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What are your thoughts about telling someone about this industry that doesn't quite understand the industry? It's hard answering that just because I've always lived in Oklahoma or Texas and everyone knows. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But I think there is a perception if you don't live in Oklahoma or Texas, that, hey, oil and gas is bad. The industry is bad and it's made up of bad people. That is so further from the truth. We work with so many innovative and technology-minded people in this industry that have so many ideas on how we can make the industry better and move forward and modernize. And that's something that just is not out there and the broader population is the wonderful people that are behind the scenes that are working really hard trying to make our assets better, trying to make our industry better, as well as operating these assets to the best for our environment and for their company. And I think there's just a really bad perception out there on who works for oil and gas. I think we're a pretty good group. I think so too. I really do. 
It's a big world, but small world for us, I think. I agree. Yeah. So do you have a favorite podcast? Good question. I've been listening a lot more to, I know not necessarily podcasts, but a lot more to Audible. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're on long trips. Yeah. And I've been getting into on Audible, they've been putting, they call them podcasts, but they're kind of books on tape, but they're in podcast form. And so you have different series and things like that. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So I've been getting into some of that, listening to on my flights. And when I go up to Denver or Houston, I've been listening to those on the airplane. Oh, good. 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 Pass along some good ones if you have any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to Moriarty right now. Oh. It's a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Audible. So. <laughs> That's great. A little Conan. All right. So thank you so much for joining me again today, Kate. If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about Novus, how might they go about doing so? You can visit our website at growwithnovus.com or you can Google Novus Consulting. Or you can reach out to us on LinkedIn on our LinkedIn page. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. Well, that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Oil & Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com. 